0: Hi my angels, this week's episode is all about imposter syndrome and we're going to learn how to destroy everything about it. We'll define it, talk about its toxic relationship with perfectionism, and get into some of the different types. I want to note that even though all people are vulnerable to feelings of imposter syndrome, some are more susceptible to it than others, particularly women and people of color. I read a really interesting article. It was from Harvard Business Review called Stop Telling Women They Have Imposter Syndrome, which helped me immediately realize that this episode could be an emotional topic for y'all, my listeners. So, so just know that this is not an Anyway, something that you should feel even an ounce of shame about feeling. I'm not interested in blaming ourselves at all for feeling the imposter syndrome. We do not live in a matriarchal society. We live in a patriarchal one. People of color are repeatedly facing systematic racism and bias So there is a lot of extremely valid reasons of why those who identify as women or people of color can relate to imposter syndrome. Personally, I'm interested in exploring my own imposter syndrome as it relates to my creativity. So I found a hyper-specific category, which you know I love, called creative imposter syndrome which is when artists worry that they don't have real talent or they feel they don't belong in the creative community and that's natural obviously but there are things that we could explore um some tools in our toolkit that we could use And there are different types of imposter syndrome, so you know I want to figure out exactly which one I have and which one I struggle with. So we'll get into a lot of cool ideas about imposter syndrome and destroying it completely. So let's get into it. Imposter syndrome, also called perceived fraudulence, Involves feelings of self-doubt and personal incompetence that persist despite your education, experience, and accomplishments. To counter these feelings, you might end up working harder and holding yourself to an even higher standard. Which I definitely feel like I relate to everything that I just said. Um, It's... When an individual is doubting their skills, their talents, or their accomplishments, and have a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud, and it's definitely something that is common in high achievers, it's common in multipotentialites. if you listened to last week's episode. Um, it's a common insecurity that creatives face. I definitely am realizing the funny thing about imposter syndrome is that it does tend to get worse and not better as bigger opportunities and successes come our way. We're constantly worrying about our credentials, no matter what credentials we already possess or whatever we've achieved in the past. It doesn't necessarily have to be so tangible even. Just things that you've done in the past. So different ways to address this insecurity. My resource for this was the same book as last week, How to Be Everything by Emily Wapnick. Emily says, if you were an imposter, you wouldn't get imposter syndrome. Imposters are liars that profit from deceit. And we need to remember, the effort to create something new always inspires uncertainty. philosopher, Bertrand Russell, wrote, The trouble with the world is that the stupid are cocksure and the intelligent are full of doubt. Love that. So you want to refocus on the work itself. Imposter syndrome usually is arising when we are preoccupied with what others are thinking or saying about us. And... We need to rid ourselves of that. That is toxic, unhelpful, waste of time, waste of space. Comparing to despairing, it's robbing you of your joy. And what makes you the most unique and what makes you the most niche is what's going to be ultimately what's going to lead to your most authentic success. So... You don't want to think about what other people are thinking of you because you need to only be focusing on yourself and your own work and your own creative work. So instead of focusing on how you're perceived, get back to work. This is a reminder to myself for sure. So here's some different ways how to deal with imposter syndrome. You can keep a success file. When you're trying to make progress with your imposter syndrome, you can have something that you reference back to, whether it's, for me personally, something that I found myself that I did years ago and now I do find myself still using it as a tool. Um, I made a playlist on Spotify of every single song that I'm either singing on playing bass on, drums on, guitar on, bands I've been in that are my personal projects or past projects, and it's in a playlist called Featuring. So for any of my other musician friends, uh, that was just a little small thing that I did that it's nice to get to add my new releases to that and look at all of it. I'm going to pull up right now, actually. Is that interesting? Is this relatable? Is this a good podcast? Okay. 30 songs, 1 hour, 20 minutes. Every song I sing slash play on in one handy playlist. It's a public playlist. I can link it in the show notes. Um, but yeah, it has Sled Ever on it. It has Upset on it, which is a past band I played in. And it has Pouty on it all the way up until my most recent track that I released, which was called Bambina. So that just feels good to reference back to it for myself to be like, okay, you've written a song before. (laughs) So another recent tool that I've been using is Pinterest um which you might be like totally I'm on board with you or you might be like what are you talking about so I'll speak pretty broadly uh so hopefully this will be helpful for a lot of different people um so I'll be honest the last time I thought about Pinterest or I used Pinterest if I go back and look was probably about five years ago um and I was pinning literally who even knows like Probably stuff like interior inspo and like plants and like rainbows and like cute outfits, that kind of stuff. So now I'm doing it in a very intentional way where I'm archiving every single thing that I have online digitally that is under two different umbrellas. I have my bratty, bratty official which is my vintage, my clothing, my kids stuff because that's Brady Bambina is under that. Um, anything that I'm wearing or thrifting or decorating, books, that kind of stuff, astrology, all of my, a lot of my interests fall into 70s stuff, falls into Bratty Official Online. And then the other category would be pouty. So I'm in the process right now of archiving every single thing I can find that is related to bratty and pouty onto my Pinterest, which my Pinterest is at brattyofficial. I'll link it for you. You can follow me on Pinterest, please. Also, if you're a fan of mine, I have a link tree and that has everything. Everything from podcast. Oh my gosh, my dog is sleeping and dreaming. Shrimp toast. Sorry, I hate when people on podcasts talk about their pets. But you could probably hear that. Um I'm getting so distracted right now. What was I saying? Oh, right. So I'm on a little organization, digital organization, uh, marketing, branding mission right now with Pinterest, where I'm like finding all old show flyers, tour flyers, um, promo photos, things like that are all on my. Pinterest as there's a pouty folder and then on bratty official it's all my past photo shoots content from my website braddyofficial.com um I'm archiving all of my stuff from my Etsy shop which if you're a vintage reseller and you're my friend and you're listening to this hi um it's really easy to do that on Pinterest and I can show you you can just easily put all of your past and sold inventory which is what's cool it's probably like your best stuff and link it to go directly onto your Pinterest so it's really easy um for people to find you on Pinterest because these days I'm realizing that the little the youth whatever they call themselves these days I don't even want to say anything because I don't want to sound cringe um are going on to Pinterest and they're making themselves little Closet inspo, so let's say, for example, I have, like, some dope vintage denim that has sold, so maybe they're gonna, like, find the denim on Pinterest, add it to their little thing, and if it hasn't sold it's from my shop and it's a current item in stock, they can actually just buy it, so that's actually been, um... Something that I've been seeing is helpful for my, at least my follower increase. I also have all my YouTube videos on as like stills and stuff. And there, you can link anything you want onto YouTube. So this is relevant to all different creative platforms. Like if you're selling clothing that you're making, like if you're a new clothing designer and you have anything that is, people want to see the content is the, is, like, behind-the-scenes kind of stuff. Like, the stuff that you might not find very interesting. You know, that's what people want to see. And I know that this is an episode about destroying imposter syndrome, and I'm, like, really off-topic, but I think that that's cool. (laughs) And I'm in charge, so I get to do what I want with this podcast. So, anyway, DM me. We could talk if you're interested in this. Um... There's a lot to be said, but going back to why I started talking about any of this in the first place is if you have a tangible folder or a website or a portfolio or a playlist or a scrapbook, a journal, anything that you can reference back to if you're a writer, I mean, clippings, things that are like going to spark that motivation in yourself again and remind yourself oh right I've done some pretty amazing things and it's not just someone saying that to me here look here's the the output and here's maybe you're just feeling you know inadequacy about the artistic content itself even just the quantity of output sometimes can really make you feel better. Like when I'm stuck and I can't write lyrics and I can't write a song and I'm like, I've done it so many times. Here we go. Look, here's an hour of me singing and playing and songwriting and harmonizing and things I've done. And not that I'm using that usually as any sort of direct reference, but it's helpful to remind yourself, look, I've done it. So whatever that means for you. Um, if you're a photographer, maybe you get like a little photo album and you fill it with your favorite, favorite photos you've taken. Maybe you're a jewelry artist and you have a little dish by your bedside table where you put all your favorite pieces that you've made. Maybe you're a chef and you have a notebook of all your favorite recipes that you've developed. Just like you need to be archiving your own work in a really... Aesthetically pleasing or financially beneficial way. Super accessible. However, you can do it in a way that you're going to use it or that it's going to be useful. Look into that. That's a really good tip. Obviously, on the other end of the spectrum, a digital detox or a detox from whatever is giving you the feelings of anxiety nerves uh, inadequacy surrounding whatever you're dealing with if it's a creative topic or not being on social media being online even just being on the internet anywhere um could be exasperating the imposter syndrome so a digital detox is something I found as a way to work on avoiding imposter syndrome I'll put it out there it's definitely you know something we all know that we should do and something that we probably all can't afford to do or don't want to do or don't have the energy to do but it's a good tip I definitely feel like um I spent uh probably like a couple years off of Twitter uh which was mostly to avoid just like everyone who was on there but and everything. I, I stopped using it when I found out that Donald Trump was elected as the president, but we will move right on from that topic. So that was, I took a, a many long years' break off of it and came back to it because I found it was fun again. But um, yeah, I think that Twitter, it can be a pretty. Triggering one for me because that is, like, definitely, like, just, like, the, like, highlights, like, of people reposting um, announcements mostly. So it's, like, good news or, like, big news and, like, that can definitely be, like, crushing to read over and over again if you don't have anything to announce. So maybe it's not even about a digital detox, but it's about, like, knowing your social media limits and triggers, knowing your online, you know, peeves, whatever. So yeah, setting boundaries is important for everything. But imposter syndrome, yeah, definitely is about boundary work. Um, I guess this is a nice segue into how imposter syndrome relates to perfectionism. Because Um, I feel like perfectionism is all about having insanely high standards and sometimes setting boundaries within yourself, within like ways that you are going to not be so self-critical. That can be a boundary and that can be related to perfectionism. So, yeah, let's get into what I've researched about the correlation between imposter syndrome and perfectionism. So perfectionism and imposter syndrome often do go hand in hand. Think about it. Perfectionists set excessively high goals for themselves, and when they fail to reach a goal, they experience major self-doubt and worry about measuring up. Whether they realize it or not, this group can also be control freaks, feeling like if they want something done right, they have to do it themselves. Um, I say this group, I mean, myself, myself, highly included in the perfectionist category, um, which the episode that I am going to do about motherhood, I'm realizing right now that like, if I want something done, I do it myself. I definitely feel like I have a hard time asking for help with my daughter, Madonna, even with my own husband, my own partner, And Madonna's baby daddy, Tony, we struggle with me wanting to be a control freak for sure. So um, I think the impossible goals that you set for yourself in theory are not always such a bad thing. But it's when you know that they're unrealistic or unhealthy is when it starts being something that you... Got to just, you know, another thing you got to rid yourself of and just learn how to work past, work through. Other people aren't putting that level of expectation and criticism on you. So don't put it on them. Which is, it feels like, is like an Oprah moment I just had with myself. Yeah, so that can also be like, A tangible tool in your toolkit against imposter syndrome for you to utilize. Realize that you're feeling imposter syndrome because you're comparing yourself to an impossible version of yourself that probably will and does not exist. So, ever will never exist is what I'm trying to say. So, You would never hold your partner to that same standard or your child to that same standard without feeling like a psychopath. So yeah, I mean, I just feel like I had a lot of clarity when I said that out loud. Shout out to Tony, who I know is listening to the pod. But so as that relates back to imposter syndrome, no one is holding me to that perfect version of myself because they aren't even thinking about that version of myself. They're thinking about the version of myself that they love, that they know, that they adore, that they, you know, prefer. So it's an ego check with the imposter syndrome too. It's like you would never want to be known as judgmental, among your own loved ones so don't judge yourself like that don't judge your own skill set like that don't judge your accomplishments a podcast that I was a big fan of that was a short-lived one by some cuties that I crush on on the internet it was called practical magic podcast and the fourth episode was about imposter syndrome, pulling that curtain back. And I listened to that recently um, for some inspiration on my own pod. And something that they said was feeling shocked when cool people consider you cool or talented people consider you talented. I think they were talking about, as it related to one of them being a painter. um, And this is something that like was like a huge like hardcore relate for me. Like when talented people think you're talented, it feels shocking. And why is that? What is that? Like is it because you respect them so you hold them to their opinion in like a higher regard Or is it just that you could not possibly like view yourself as the muse or like what is that? I don't know. I I feel like there's a lot there and I wish I could maybe explore that a little bit more. But it feels like way too like awkward and like a meta. I don't even know how to have this conversation with myself. So I don't know. Maybe that'll be like a once we do some interviews we can chat about that with some of my talented, cool friends. Um, But yeah, some other things that I jotted down some notes from that episode. um, They said to combat imposter syndrome by being honest with yourself and others, being vulnerable, uh, especially when you do screw up or you feel self-conscious, put it out there that you're not an expert in what you do. And you're eager to learn because you're passionate. I feel like that's like such a positive way of thinking about it. The vulnerability aspect. Like the more vulnerable that you can be with yourself and others, the less you're going to feel like an imposter because you'll feel like people know you and the real you and like the you that you want them to know. Yeah, something else that I jotted down. If imposter syndrome is a lie we tell ourselves, We need to learn how to convince ourselves to tell the truth. Imposter syndrome is a disconnect between how you're feeling about yourself and what someone else is seeing in you. So this is the whole trip of like the personal identity and like the you that you see versus the you that others see. And the more that you can become more comfortable in your shoes and the uniqueness of what you do, the better. Keep figuring out which skills you like to keep going back to and which, like, skill sets you want to keep further developing and explore that because there's a reason why. It's something that's coming naturally. A natural inclination towards something is a good way to sort of, like, get that imposter syndrome energy out by being, like, I'm – if I'm gifted in something – It's usually because you've either put in the time or the energy or you might just have the raw talent. But whatever the case, the more that you can embrace what's making you, you, it's going to develop your skills further. You're going to just keep getting better at whatever your unique skill set is. Also, it's nice to know that everyone feels this way sometimes. Everyone has run-ins with imposter syndrome, I think, at different severities and extents at times, lengths, whatever. Every well-meaning person who is pursuing something that matters to them feels as though they don't belong some of the time. As the saying goes, try not to compare your insides to other people's outsides. And in terms of the social media like the, don't compare your average day-to-day life to someone's highlight reel it's the comparison is a com a crucial component to acknowledge for the imposter syndrome because if you weren't comparing to others you wouldn't even be considering their opinions either so in the two go hand in hand like Comparing or considering others so much so that it has hindered on your productivity or your output or your feelings of self-worth or self-esteem is never helpful. And it's not, it's not serving you any purpose. And I feel like we can maybe just do like a sort of like <sighs> a few deep breaths. Like, imposter syndrome sucks. Get over it. Get rid of it as soon as you can. And even if it's not all of the time and consistently, but it's just, like, as much as you can. Especially if you're a woman. Especially if you're a person of color. Because, like we said at the top of the episode, we feel these reasons because of a lot of systematic things that are in place and a lot of things that have existed that are well beyond our control so it's important to acknowledge that for sure and to remind yourself that it's a normal feeling um and again nothing to feel shame around and some tangible takeaways at the end we need to just acknowledge it we can sit still with it we can write things out we can archive preferably in an aesthetically pleasing way or Something that's at least making you some money, some coins, some bank. I'm getting paid off of those Spotify clicks. I'm getting paid off of those YouTube video views. So last important thing is to surround yourself with the right people. This is so important and something that I feel like the episode is starting to come to a close. Just naturally, I'm feeling that. So I'm going to probably wrap it up. But surround yourself with the right people. Have people around you that are in your corner that have the faculty or resources to be there for you in whatever capacity that they can that feels meaningful. A text, a phone call, a FaceTime, reach out to the people that build you back up and that can help you be like, no, girl, no, that is not true. You need that in your life. And that will help with the imposter syndrome because you're going to be like, I value this person and I value their opinion. So it's not just a random person who's telling me or like a fan or like an internet comment that's telling me that they love me. It's someone who I love too. And I would never lie to my friends and I would never gas them up in a way that felt disingenuous. So you have to believe that your friends wouldn't do the same to you. So... Your partner, your colleagues, your coworkers, your roommates, your moms, your dads, your step siblings, your grandparents, your children, your pets, your teachers, your mentors, your friends, whoever you have around you, just make sure that they're supportive and that you have at least one or two people that you can text when you're having. That creative imposter syndrome or creative blocks or writer's block or whatever we as artists and creatives and multi-potentialites, whatever we are doing that is sort of like exasperating those feelings of imposter syndrome, have someone who's genuinely invested in you and your well-being remind you that you got this. Something I'm realizing is I didn't really get into the exact... Um, the five types of imposters that I said I was going to so I will at least quickly go through the different types and maybe we'll do another episode on this but the more I'm talking about it the more I'm like I don't really want to highly identify with this concept I'd love to sort of like move past it so it's highly relatable but I don't want to get super into like I'm this The number one type on the list is the perfectionist. So obviously I know which type I am. I'm the perfectionist. But we already explored that ad nauseum. So the perfectionist, the natural genius, the expert, the rugged individualist, or the superwoman slash man. I definitely feel like when I talked about um, in relation to motherhood, the superwoman complex is relatable. So... I can at least quickly go through the types. The perfectionists focus on how something should be done. They want 110% from any project each and every time when these standards aren't met. However, the imposter syndrome kicks into gear. So we we talked about that, honing yourself to a high standard, sometimes accused of being a micromanager, which I was saying is something that I do struggle with with my partner in a healthy way. But and. Even if you deliver a successful presentation, you're going to kick yourself because you forgot one minor detail. You never settle for less than gold. Anything else is a failure. You need to start embracing being non-perfect. It's talking about some affirmations and like some exercises to do. But yeah, I mean, I, this doesn't really resonate with me, but I'm on the science of com, y'all. So... This is just, like, a quick little, like, let's go through more. Natural geniuses, do you think you should always be smart, be a fast learner, or excel at everything that you're taught? Then you might be a natural genius. It's often people who are hard workers, high achievers, and perfectionists who most likely to feel like frauds. I was getting um, to that point earlier when I said that, like, no matter how high of the success that you reach, like, the more successful you are, you do sort of tend to feel more imposter syndrome which makes sense because now the people that you're surrounding yourself with are probably like getting like richer or smarter or faster or more refined or whatever more intellectual because if you are and you're advancing in your field and your mediums your crafts your creative pursuits you're gonna be like with you know the cream of the crop hopefully so you start, you know, comparing yourself to other high achievers. Natural geniuses believe they are born talented or skilled and they get frustrated easily, so they might quickly switch from one hobby or another. The multi-potentialites. They see everyone around them as achieving success while they are the only ones failing. To overcome your genius complex, you can try cultivating a growth mindset, which is the belief that with effort, you can improve your abilities and your skills it's the opposite of a fixed mindset, which believes that people are born with their talents or skills rather than earning them. So that's um, growth mindset and expelling yourself of limiting beliefs um, is something that I would love to start exploring more for future episodes. So yeah, like that. The third type of imposter, the expert. They strive for more, more knowledge, more experience, more rewards, even if they have Success and film in their field, they don't have enough. Yeah, that is relatable to me. Uh, day of mastery, September 15th. If you listen to the last episode, I like to be a master, I like to be an expert. Yeah. You might relate to the following if you're an expert imposter. You tend to prepare yourself fully by diving into books, courses, trainings. Yeah. Me. Oh no. Am I every type of imposter? Oh no. See, this is why I didn't want to get into this too much. We'll get, we'll keep going for like a little bit longer. But, um, no, I think this one might be just as resonating as uh, much as The Perfectionist. Okay. It says, in fact, the original term, imposter phenomenon, was coined in 1978 from examining professionally accomplished women who constantly felt they were underachieving and were just fooling others. Experts strive to be perfect when they want to please others. Okay, so this is going hand in hand with people pleasing, which is definitely a struggle for me. Uh, They feel like an imposter because there's always someone better out there. Ugh. Okay. Yeah. If you're an expert imposter like me. Okay, whoever's writing this article. Yeah, I see you. You might relate to the following. Deep dive into books you avoid applying for jobs because you don't meet all the qualifications. Ouch, that feels like such a sting. Personal, yes. <sighs> My partner's going to get a kick out of this episode. Okay, and then it says, even if you've been teaching or working in your job for years, you still feel like you're not enough. Imposter fix. Here's the tangible takeaway, the tip. Experts should recognize there's never an end to knowledge. So instead of always accumulating more more knowledge and skills, try to accumulate them only when needed. I hate that fix. This means focusing 100% on accumulating one skill instead of dividing your attention to learn everything. Okay, okay, this is, we're moving on. Next category, the rugged individualist. They believe they can do everything themselves and prefer to do things without asking for help. They believe asking others is a sign of weakness. After all, shouldn't they know what they're doing? Ouch! Okay, on this one too! As a rugged individualist, you feel like you need more time to prep. You prefer solo projects versus group tasks. You don't ask for help even if you need it. Ouch! Okay. Here's the fix. It may be hard, but the problem of not asking others may be because you haven't found the right people. Okay. Ask yourself, who are the top five people I spend the most time with? If they are the dream builders and not the dream crushers, then you'd naturally want to learn from them. Yeah, so this is sort of uh, what I was talking about. Like, It's definitely all about surrounding yourself with the right people. And then the Superman slash the Superwoman is the fifth and final type of imposters on this list. And they love to take on more responsibility. They have a hard time saying no and often work harder than their peers. A Superwoman or Superman often juggles many tasks at once, even to the point of over exhaustion. Here are signs that you may be a super person. You juggle multiple tasks at once work, chores, school, side businesses, etc. Check. You often find yourselves working overtime, even past your normal team's working hours. You neglect your friends, families, or hobbies in order to work more. I mean, yeah, this a lot of this is hard to say out loud or to even, you know, acknowledge in your friends, your fam, your partners, but, I mean, we're all doing the best that we can, so... Here we go. Imposter fix. Chances are if you're running in super mode, you're also a people pleaser. Here we go. Yep. See, I said that already. You strive to do good not only for yourself but for others. You want to impress and taking on extra responsibility is your idea to get there. Check out our article on how to stop people pleasing. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to do another episode probably like solely on perfectionism and I'd love to do one on people pleasing and how intertwined those are but for now, I think that this has been a really good episode for me to just admit some hard truths out loud, get a little bit of the clarity, and realize yeah, I don't want to identify in and with any of this, but I do so. You do have to embrace that version of you that you don't like sometimes oftentimes but it's all in an effort to find that version of you that you love um and this has been another episode of the many versions of you I'm your host Rachel Gagliardi thank you so much for being here thank you for everyone who is listening I saw that we are in multiple countries multiple continents I'm feeling really good about it um yeah thanks guys uh please rate review subscribe leave a comment follow on instagram at the many versions of you find me online many different places my band is pouty my website and my brand bratty official com. I love you guys. Thank you. Bye.